This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Getting enough sleep and exercise, staying socially engaged, managing stress, and maintaining a healthy diet, all things that doctors and researchers agree contribute significantly to brain health. But are there specific steps that you can take to prevent disease, especially when it comes to what you eat? Well, researchers at Rush University have been looking into that complicated question and examining the effects of what's known as the MIND diet. One of those researchers is here with us now. Pooja Agrawal is a nutritional epidemiologist and assistant professor of internal medicine at Rush. Thanks for being here, Pooja. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So let's start here. Uh, What is the MIND diet and how exactly does it work for folks that have not heard of this before? Okay, so the MIND diet stands for uh, Mediterranean Dash Intervention for Neurodegenerative Delay. So okay. that's the mind. And as the name indicates itself, it's a combination of uh, Mediterranean and the Dash diet. And uh, it includes all the food groups that has uh, important scientific evidence of uh, improving the brain health or helping uh, brain to maintain the cognitive health with aging. Yeah. And, you know, when you hear diet, a lot of folks automatically associate that with weight loss, right? But that's not the goal here, is it? Exactly. So that's not the goal here. So the MIND diet, as the name indicates, is to delay the neurodegenerative delay uh, disorders. So it helps with cognitive health and other brain functions. So it focuses on the foods which are important for your brain health overall in aging. When did you first come across the diet? And, And I'm curious why you wanted to research it. Okay, so I'm a trained nutritionist uh, and a nutrition epidemiologist. So diet and studying nutrients was always my passion. And after my PhD at UIC, I met Dr. Martha Claire Morris, uh, who is, uh, along with her colleagues at Rush, uh, uh, actually came up with the MIND diet score. And they were investigating uh, the diet for the cognitive behavior in an ongoing cohort study. And she was starting the MIND trial very soon, and it was back in 2016. When the trial started, uh, recruiting was in 2017, Mm -hmm. and that's how I started being part of this uh, study. And then uh, we have since then investigated different outcome behaviors and have investigated different uh, diets, not only the MIND, but also specific nutrients and the bioactives and food groups for uh, its association with the brain health outcomes. I see. Um, and you have a personal connection to Parkinson's disease? Is that yeah. Right? So my dad had Parkinson's disease. So that okay. was another reason I was re- really wanted to know what's Some in of the there. interest probably came and, from that. Yes. Yeah. So y- your diet research, uh, it's, you know, it's done over the course of years, as mm-hmm. you've described. Uh, some of it has used population studies. So tell us a bit about the difference between a clinical trial, and a population study? So so when we say population study, uh, like more so an observational study, uh, the cohort data also is another term a lot of times used in the scientific articles. Okay. So we are observing people. So currently we have uh, different ongoing cohort studies at Rush. So for example, I have uh, very much looked at the Memory and Aging Project, which is at Rush, and people are enrolled in the in the study, and they do uh, undergo an annual clinical assessments and their other assessments, and we just observe them over the period of time for a longer duration. So we have like observed them like almost up to ten or twenty years now for some of them. Okay, and then it's it 
uh, and in the memory and aging project, we're also collecting. So they also consent to donate their brains at the time of death. So that's an additional thing or a layer to look at, like how different things do affect their brain health at the time of death, because that's how we can confirm their Alzheimer's disease oh. in the brain. Interesting. So would you say one is more definitive than the other? Uh, so, so what we uh, do clinically uh, is doing some tests, and then the neuropsychologist and the, and the team decide if they have Alzheimer's dementia. But over the course of time, um, the scientific field consider that as Alzheimer's dementia versus at the time of that, if you c- uh, can surely see plaques and tangles that are a hallmark of Alzheimer's disease in the brain, that's a definitive diagnosis I see, I for see. the disease. So, so this year then, your, your team wrapped up the first clinical trial mm-hmm. studying the effects of the MIND diet. Uh, there was a lot of buzz around this mm-hmm. being you know, the first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so we will obviously get uh, to the results a little bit later, uh, Pooja, but first, tell us what you were trying to prove. What did you set out to, to prove? So in this trial, we wanted to look at if people who are on the MIND diet have an effect on their cognitive outcomes. So uh, right now, um, in simple terms, I can say that we had a group of people, and this was a randomized controlled trial. So this is another uh, way of studying the cause and effect, and it's probably the gold standard. I mean, it is a gold standard way of studying uh, the effect of something on an outcome. So we're trying to study the effect of mind diet Mm -hmm. on cognitive outcomes. And then the people were randomized into two groups, the mind diet intervention group and the control arm, which was a weight loss group. I see. So then uh, tell us now about the conclusions that you drew from the trial. Uh, So in the trial, uh, uh, this was a three-year trial, uh, and then what we found that people who were on the MIND diet group improved cognition over time at year three, but uh, so did the people who were on a weight loss control diet. So so the weight loss diet was also because they were also intended, uh, were recruited in the trial for the weight loss, so they also had improved their diet a bit. And uh, they also improved in the cognitive outcomes also. Okay. So the, there was no group difference between the mind diet group and the weight loss group. Uh, but overall, we did see an improvement in their cognitive scores from year one. To so year what two. does that tell you then? So, so that tells us that there, there are multiple things. As you said, it is a complicated question, and it's not easy to answer it in one go <laughs> or in one study. Yeah. So definitely we do need more studies, and mm-hmm. uh, that's our uh, ongoing thing right now. We are still investigating the secondary outcomes and other uh, food groups. And, and like I mean, well, this, and this was a three-year process. This, I mean, three is this, this is going to take more years, right? Oh, yeah, to... definitely. And this, this is like three years of observation, and overall of more than five years of study uh, where COVID happened in between. And then, like, there are so many things and so many. So it's not, like, a very simple, uh, as I say, like a black and white picture of what's happening. Yeah. But we still need more um, studies and further more uh, analysis to really make an inference. But definitely diet is helping. Yeah. That's uh, the bottom line. So we are still not able to say if that's only the mind diet because the other group was also consuming an, a good enough diet because the mind diet is a combination of different food groups, mm-hmm. right? So we rank people based on if they're eating high vegetables, uh, more of berries, 
uh, and stuff like that. So, so there's a list of food groups we include in the MIND diet. So in the intervention group, the MIND diet score, which ranges from 0 to 15, was somewhere around 11. In the control group, which is, was a weight loss group, the MIND diet score was somewhere around 8.5. So, which is not a bad score. Were those at all. numbers numbers that you had anticipated? Uh, those were the uh, definitely the number we anticipated for the uh, diet intervention group. Yeah. Uh, but the control group also did very well because they were on kind of trying to lose weight, and they also improved their diet a lot. I see. So their number was good. Yeah, and I mean, to your earlier point, I mean, let's talk more about what makes diet so challenging to study compared to when you're doing clinical trials of a drug. For instance, yes. Right? So yes. So for a drug trial, as you might have known, like you give a pill or you give a placebo, pill does which doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. But for a diet, for example, as, as I was explaining earlier, we told them to be on certain type of diet. We had like our registered dietitians that were constantly with our group, both the intervention and the control group. But our control group was also because was on a weight loss diet yeah. were improving and then uh, again, and you have to rely on them to mm-hmm. sort of you know stay on this regimen right yes, yes get enough sleep and get enough exercise mm-hmm. and stick to the diet it's a yes, lot yes and that and as you said there are like other lifestyle uh, things which impact your overall uh, absolutely yeah so so yeah so based on this clinical trial then and and of course, your previous research, Pooja, I mean, what would you say now that we know definitively about the MIND diet? Uh, So based on all the observational data so far, not from our group, but from others as well across the globe, we do know that uh, the MIND diet is associated with slower cognitive decline and is associated with reduced risk of Alzheimer's dementia and uh, our, our studies show almost like 35 to 50% of reduced risk for those who are adhering to the MIND diet uh, uh, with a lot of uh, commitment. Like, for example, adhering to a lot of the MIND diet food groups show very, uh, Im- very much improvement. We also found, like from observational data, that people on the MIND diet have reduced Parkinsonian signs, mm-hmm. have uh, better depressive uh, outcomes, uh, had less disability. Uh, and then uh, some of the researchers have studied other outcome behaviors like cardiovascular risk factors, mortality. Okay. It's also associated with those outcomes. And specifically coming back to the clinical or like the randomized clinical trial outcome, we're still uh, investigating. So I, I would say mind diet is associated but we still need more studies. to see more evidence. To, yeah. For, yeah. So what would you say then are some of the easiest modifications that we can make to see some of those benefits you were talking mm-hmm. about? So, so mind diet primarily uh, focuses on uh, fruits and vegetables. So it's a plant-based diet. Okay. And one of the very important component is green leafy vegetables and berries. Again, both of them are very rich in the antioxidant nutrients. When I say antioxidants, like carotenoids and the lutein, specifically vitamin K and other uh, nutrients, which are important for your brain health, Mm -hmm. and also other bioactives. Like, I don't know if you've heard the term flavonoids or people. I have, yes. Yes. So so those are the things which these uh, food groups are rich in. So doing such a simple thing, for example, throwing in more green leafy in your salads daily or having berries as a snack can be some 
simple lifestyle modifications which you can do to bring down the risk of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Dementia, what say. about hydration? Like, does drinking the right amount of water support um, healthy brains? Uh, hydration is important. We all of us should keep ourselves hydrated. I knew you would say but, that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, specifically, we have not looked at water intake or hydration specifically. But yeah, definitely hydrating yourself is important. Yeah. Key factor. And another thing, Fujo, you know, when I think about diet, I also think about our eating patterns, mm-hmm. right? Um, what have you learned about eating patterns and brain health? Like, I mean, should I be eating at the same time every day or uh, does routine matter here? Um, or I snacking, say, does that count? Um, Snacks? I mean, yes. So again, like food is consumed in combination and it's everybody has their own eating pattern. Uh, and then uh, food also varies by culture, ethnicity, uh, demographic regions and other things. So so one should be like careful enough in terms of like the food groups or like the specific foods they're picking. It has to be healthy, obviously. And then for the pattern on the timings, I think we are still not there yet. We are still mm. studying more. So there are some um, studies on the restrictive um, eating pattern or like uh, intermittent fasting or alternate fasting. Yeah. But we are still still need more evidence to really define the time. But then that does matter. Like most of the uh, nutritionists or dietitians you'll um, hear saying is like eat your meal uh, like few hours before you, you go to bed and stuff like that. So, so those general considerations have to be taken into yeah. account. So I'm thinking of the person listening to us now who's already living with dementia, right? Um, can nutrition play a role in managing the symptoms? Like, Are there certain foods that people who already have dementia that you would say they should avoid or, or limit in their diet? Uh, I I think the uh, the foods that should be limited or widened in the diet are more like high calorie or like uh, those high fat, high sugar kind of foods, which uh, which should be limited because uh, there is like an evidence from the animal based studies that these kind of foods do increase your inflammation and oxidative stress in the brain. So that'll be something which you should limit, not just for people living with dementia, but like overall for everybody. And then specifically people living with dementia have their own challenges. It depends like if they are with a caregiver and like uh, who's preparing their meals and what stage they're on and how much uh, of the foods they can consume. So I think it comes with a lot of other challenges. Uh, So it's better to um, consult your registered dietitians Mm -hmm. or nutritionists to really have a healthy uh, dietary regime for a person with dementia. Yeah, I'm thinking even a, a caregiver can can help in that instance, right? And maybe mm-hmm. ensure that someone with dementia is, is getting the adequate nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, people want to know, especially if these diseases run in their family, is there something that I can do to slow the progression of the disease? That's the big question. Uh, yes, definitely. So for now, based on the evidence we have so far, definitely these lifestyle modifications do play a role. That's what we know mm-hmm. uh, from these uh, longitudinal observational studies that have been going on for years. And people who are uh, sticking to healthier diet and having a more physical activity, like sleeping well, being socially and cognitively active, 
uh, do and and take care of their vascular uh, risk factors do uh, perform better. So so they they can basically slow their um, development of getting dementia yeah. in older age. Yeah, so even if the results of the clinical trial, you know, they weren't as conclusive as you might have thought, yes. um, you know, a healthy diet does play a big role in, in brain health. So just in the last 30 seconds I have with you, just what's the most important takeaway that you would say? What do you want to leave us with when it comes to diet and our brain health? So there are different foods which are healthy for you. And just incorporating a, a very, or having a, a minute change in your diet, such as adding more green leafies, having, adding more berries, having fish in your diet, can improve your uh, cognitive outcomes uh, definitely in older age. We'll leave it there. Pooja Agrawal is a nutritional epidemiologist and assistant professor of internal medicine at Rush University. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me.